I don't hey, think Al. that that's that hey, accurate. Al. I know you I spent just, some time with him in the last couple of years, yeah. but, I, but he's my brother. I just think you're going to hold someone if to something that happened when they were fucking 14 years old or yeah, whatever he exactly. was when you, that if happened. If we're going to toast a man, let's toast a man. Let's not eulogize yeah. somebody like a no, fucking bullshit. No, I know, just bullshit. the way you're saying it is just no, like, I understand. he's a dick, and it's like he's not, he I wasn't say a, dick, he was a dick, he was amazing. Uh, you're calling my brother a dick? I'm not calling my brother a dick. Jack. I'm just saying, let's not do what everybody does at uh, a funeral or a commemoratory ceremony where we just say, oh, they're amazing and they were generous. Because that's fucking bullshit and it's a dishonor to the man. So cheers. Uh, No, I think I'm going to finish, Al, because I'm his brother. If we're going to raise our glass, I want to raise our glass to the man. You know half of the man and I know the whole man, okay? Who's fucking beautiful. He knew how to make himself work and weave in the world. And I think that's fucking great. And I would never call him a dick for that. So fuck you for saying that. But let's raise a glass to the whole man. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. All right. So joining us for this episode on Your Sister's Sister is Amanda from Amanda's Picture Show, A Go-Go. I promised myself I can't mess up the title there because you (laughs) named it after yourself, Amanda. That's what I should have done with this show. Uh, Mike <laughs> and the Grand Gesture co-hosted by Dave. That would have been the <laughs> guest starring Dave. Yeah, it's fine. I'm a cameo at best. It's fine. <laughs> you're you're yeah. a little bit more than that, Dave. Oh, you're thanks, buddy. <laughs> but uh, Amanda, that show had a previous title uh, that we've talked about on one of my other podcasts. So yeah. that'll kind of uh, tell our listeners, since this is your first time on the Grand Gesture, a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, so Amanda's Picture Show A Go-Go, well, it started out as the Oscars are my Super Bowl, but that uh, the Oscars didn't like that, so uh, had to change the name. So yeah, uh, Amanda's Picture Show A Go-Go, which my, my lovely husband actually came up with that title, and the premise of mine is that I watch movies, whether it's old or new, just either one of the guests or myself have to have never seen the movie before. So I'm always looking for um, virgins to uh, watch movies with me. That's a great <laughs> iTunes uh, you know, text if you want to throw it up there. You'll probably get a lot of subscribers, maybe. That's right. Always yeah. looking for virgins in movies. <laughs> I, I realized one time uh, I responded to somebody who was like, oh, we should do this movie for your podcast sometime, like on Facebook. And I was like, bring me a virgin. <laughs> and then I realized like I was responding to some people who hadn't been on the podcast. And I was like, just to clarify, <laughs> um, you don't need to like sacrifice any virgins or anything. Like this is what I call people who haven't seen the movies yet. And uh, yeah, one friend was like, oh man, I rounded up 12 virgins. I don't know what I'm going to do with them now. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and then also, as you know, Oscars are a big deal with, for me. So I cover a lot of Oscar-nominated movies, and I do a lot during award season, covering all the different award shows and such like that. Great. So um, you should definitely check out her podcast if you like what she has to say here. And we're going to get started on, as Mike mentioned, your sister's sister. So this week, Mike once again introduces me to a movie that I had never even heard of your sister's sister for all intents and purposes this crazy film, talk i know crazy talk. i know this film revolves around just three characters all of which we're going to talk about in terms of the romances in this movie so the meet cute 
So the meet-cute kind of depends on which romantic pairing we're talking about. Jack, played by Mark Duplass, already has a friendship with Iris, Mike, Mike's favorite, Emily Blunt. Uh, however, he ends up meeting Iris's sister, Hannah, plays by, played by Rosemary DeWitt, after being invited to stay at the family cabin alone. Through discussion and a great deal of alcohol, the two connect, and Hannah offers to sleep with him. Let me take you up on your offer. I haven't uh, been on that bicycle in quite some time, but... What do you, what do you, wait, 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 wait. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm single. You're single. I'm single. I mean, maybe it's a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. No, maybe it's a bad it's idea. It's not a bad idea. No, I mean, you shouldn't do it. You're a straight guy. I'm looking at your boobs. It might be too much. It might be too much for you. So my question is, at the beginning of this film, do you see a romantic connection between Jack and Iris? Or should we be more focused on Jack and Hannah? Uh, we always like to start with our guests. So Amanda, what do you think? Which pairing are you are you moving towards at the beginning of the movie? So I feel like even from the beginning, I'm thinking Jack and Iris. It feels like their meet-cute is off-camera. Like, we, mm-hmm. we haven't been privy to their meet-cute. And we kind of hear later on in a conversation with her sister, like, right. oh, he made a pass at me at one point. So it's like we hear about the meet-cute halfway through the movie between... <laughs> Iris and Jack. Uh, yeah, because I, I mean, there's sort of what I feel like is the traditional meet cute between Jack and Hannah, and that like, oh, she's brandishing an or the terrifying meet cute, <laughs> that old chestnut. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that feels like in a more like mainstream rom com that sure. that would be some hilarious meet cute between the characters right but to me the real romantic couple in this are iris and jack okay mike what about you uh well yeah i think i agree with amanda because it's it's probably a bit of a stretch to have a meet cute uh at in this case, Jack's uh, brother's uh, wake. You know, he has just passed, and his friends have gathered for right. to tell stories and drink, and uh, he's there to, I guess, knock down his brother. Ruin a, everybody's this, day. That's well, even more. And I mean, and it makes sense the way the scene plays out. It does start a bit awkward, but it does come across as very loving. Like, I mean, he wants to. I think his his line is he wants to appreciate like the whole man. It's you know every side of his brother. Um. And so when we meet Mark Duplass and Emily Blunt's characters, it's related that, you know, she had, she had some sort of romantic history with mm-hmm. his brother because he, you know, he's trying to like sort of pull her in into his, you know, his, his anger is his grief at the loss of a family member saying like, well, you know, you, you dumped him, you broke up with him. So you, you, you see where I'm coming from with him. You know, he wasn't a perfect guy. So that's enough to, I think if you're watching this film for the first time, if you just stumble across it, um, you may think like, well, they seem to have some chemistry together, but okay. There's a lot, there's a lot going on here with their history. Like Amanda said, mm-hmm. she dated his brother. Um, he's got some issues, so she's sending him off. And so the first time I watched it, um, I didn't know what the plot was. I mean, I knew the title, so I knew her sister was going to be important. So I actually was fully into this setup <laughs> with Rosemary DeWitt where I'm like, Oh, so Emily Blunt's going to get him sort of back on the horse, so to speak, and he's going to clear his head and he's going to meet someone that is probably not 
from his peer group because they do seem like very different people. But this is going to benefit him. So, uh, boy, was I in for a curveball, much like the Jack <laughs> character. Yes. And I was I actually sort of mirrored his response after their interlude when Emily Blunt rears her beautiful head again that I was pretty freaked out for all parties involved. <laughs> oh, no. It was a very it went from a very calming experience to very stressful for me. And I guess everyone but Rosemary DeWitt, who's just like too cool like, for all whatever. This. Doesn't bother <laughs> yeah. me at all. Yeah, yeah, I think I think for me and watching this for the first time, I was actually because of that that initial scene you talked about at the wake, I was at least halfway through this movie much more rooting for for Jack and Hannah and uh, whatever their relationship would end up being. Of course, a lot of challenges there considering the situation. But because like I feel like Mike, you said you you read that wake scene as him like, oh, I'm being real and you know, it was kind of oddly sweet and for me i was just the whole thing was so horribly awkward that i was like i need i would like to get away from this scene as soon as possible (laughs) and i wanted jack to have a new start so i wanted him to get away from everything like connected to this at all and also i just think emily blunt is too good for mark duplass so i was just i can't Mm. i can't like it just that's not that pairing didn't really work for me just said I thought you were sticking up for uh, Mike. I'm going to butcher his last name. Uh, Berbiglia? Berbiglia. I think I got it. Yes. Uh, I thought you were just like, you're such a fan of his uh, comedic no. stylings that you didn't no. like him being picked on in that no, scene. No, no. The whole thing was awkward. The whole scene. I just wanted it to end. I wanted to move away from this. So I, so I ended up kind of focusing more on Jack and Hannah to the, to the level that like when things happen later in this movie where you see there's a whole different romantic pairing, I was like, What? Where is this? I don't like you said you saw that they had this connection and they really worked well together in that scene. And I didn't read it like that at all. I was just like kind of like she she seemed like like she was taking care of him. Like she was just like like he was kind of a wounded puppy. And she was like, OK, let me let me fix you a little bit and let's move on. So I I didn't see them as like a romantic pairing that was going to happen at all. So when that stuff starts to happen and she admits to feelings for him, I was kind of like, what? This guy? Really? Do better. I Do better, Emily Blunt. In that, <laughs> I think in that opening scene when she, like, yeah, she's taking care of him, but when he is giving the most awkward speech at Awake ever, like, the way that she turns around on the couch and looks at him, mm. it's not with disdain, and, like, she's not freaked out in the way that everyone else is. Like, there's a lot of caring in her gaze. Too much. And... <laughs> It makes Dave uncomfortable. <laughs> she should have disdain. Do better. <laughs> no, but that's a really good point. Like she reacts very differently than everyone else in the room. Everyone else in the room is is really uncomfortable and just wants to escape, like me as a viewer. And she just kind of looks at him like almost mildly amused because she, probably because she's seen this type of behavior from him before. Well, I, I assume that. Um... I just assume that those two are the ones who have probably have the most knowledge of his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like family and then someone who's had a romantic connection with him that uh, everyone else. I'm not saying that, you know, that uh, your favorite comedian uh, whose name I won't say again. <laughs> I think I kind of I kind of got it right the first time, so I won't close enough again. Um, <laughs> Well, he needs a better name. That's partially why I dislike him. I don't care if Mark Duplass attacks him. <laughs> Stage name. They they do exist. So um, I feel like 
it's caring and she's she's not judging him because she also shares that appreciation for his brother and who he really was and doesn't she's she's just more polite she's willing to let people you know she sees that as like they need the chance to to mourn in their own way even if they were distant friends and that's sure. fine whereas he yeah it's offensive to him uh to do so uh so yeah he definitely needs to go to the cabin he needs to go to the cabin <laughs> be by yourself and you know I guess in a somewhat creepy way, have his meet cute with Rosemary DeWitt, even though I do buy his defense. Like when she, she accuses him, like, why didn't you knock? And he's like, why would I knock if I don't, if I thought no one was here, who am yeah. I knocking for? Yeah. It's like, that's, that's a good, that's a good line. Martin Blossom would steal that. <laughs> the next time you're creeping around somebody's window. Emily Blunt's cabin. Sure. Yeah. yeah. When she, she extends that invitation, which is often the host of many a successful movie podcast. I will not knock because I don't have to because I host a grand gesture and there's a cameo by Dave. Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. So from here we move to the breakup. So the breakup with both of these women kind of happened simultaneously. First, Hannah tells Iris about the sexual encounter, uh, much to the chagrin of Jack. And Hold Iris. A second. Hmm? Have we, have any of us even mentioned it? Did we, were we so like classy that we just sort of like tiptoed around? I love the... when you don't listen to me. <laughs> it's I, been I mentioned. just referenced it as the, the interlude. I yes. just was like. I did say Hannah offered to sleep with him. I guess I didn't say that he accepted the offer. So the offer was accepted. The deed this was is, done. This is not a PG <laughs> podcast, Dave. We can, okay, we can Mike, speak about adult fucked. matters. Do you feel better? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank right. you. They fucked. Um, and Hannah tells Iris about this. Iris is really upset by it, particularly because she has already admitted to her sister at this point that she cares for Jack romantically. At the same time, Jack discovers that Hannah has poked holes in the condom they used in order to get pregnant. You fucked my sister. You fucked my sister. Oh my god. Okay. Look, I'm sorry. Oh my so god. Sorry. You were here for one night. It She's was, a fucking lesbian. It was a total mistake. You should never have known about it. I'm so sorry. There's something much bigger at work here, Hannah. I'm so sorry. Tell I don't... her about the condom, Hannah. Tell what, her about the what's condom. What's he right talking now. about? Tell her. I found the condom. What'd you do? Why were you looking she... for the condom? What's well, going on? Well, why? You know why? Because she poked holes in the condom. Please shut up for one second. No, you, you poked holes in the condom. It's a fucking rain shower. She tried to steal my I sperm. They tried to steal your sperm. Oh. So, are there any sides to be taken here? Is Jack <laughs> rightfully unaware of Iris's feelings for him? And if mm. Hannah has no interest in Jack as a father, is there any harm done by her actions? So, Amanda, what do you what do you think about any one of those questions? <laughs> I feel like there are two breakups that happen here, but I don't think one of them is Jack and Hannah. Okay. Because to me, they're not really a couple. I think the breakup is Iris and Jack oh, and Iris and Hannah True. at this point. Because I think there's such an amazing relationship between the sisters that you is portrayed throughout this film. Like, I have two sisters, and so there were several times that I was just like, yep, that is so <laughs> honest and real in the way that you interact with your sister. So to me, like, I understand especially the Iris and Hannah breakup in that point, at, like at that point, because it's not just that her sister, like, betrayed her by sleeping with the guy that she's in love with. But it's that she, 
like Hannah starts apologizing for it, and in doing so, out Hannah's or how out Iris's feelings for Jack, and just she's just like spurting off all of these secrets mm-hmm. basically. Yep. And and it's just like Hannah, what are you doing? Like I understand that you're trying to comfort your sister, but did you forget the rest of everything that she said <laughs> that she's not told Jack any of the like right. all of this stuff? And then. I think that Jack does know that Iris has feelings. He just doesn't consciously, like, he hasn't accepted it yet. Because if he didn't think that she had feelings for him of some sort, he would not have freaked out as much waking up and finding her at the cabin and being like, oh, my God, we can't tell her that we slept together, Hannah. Right. It would upset her. Because at that point, Hannah's like, whatever, why? Like, <laughs> that's stupid. But I think that he, like, in, I don't know, subconsciously, he knows that she has feelings for him and he has feelings for her. He just hasn't accepted them yet. And you know why he hasn't accepted it? Because Emily Blunt is too good for him. I think that's, that's really... <laughs> don't be mean, Dave. <laughs> Please. I noticed, Mike, you're not telling me I'm wrong. You're just telling me not to be mean. You know it's true. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that Duplass points out his uh, that he's uh, got a receding hairline. I appreciate that. Uh, so maybe he already knows this, Dave. Maybe he already knows that. That's what you know, I'm saying. He knows. Out kicking his coverage a little bit. <laughs> a little. There's no need to bring it up. You didn't even want to bring up the sexual encounter, and now you're like just going after this guy. Good Lord. Let him have right. a win or two. <laughs> no. My goodness. Um, I think I pretty much agree with uh, Amanda on all points, but I will play devil's advocate because, you know, we can't be it's, too It's what you do. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, I, I do wonder uh, the way Rosemary DeWitt plays it, <clears throat> that when Hannah outs her sister – uh, loving Jack, I I don't think that that's a slip up. No. Like I mean, I, they never they don't really clarify it, but I think that what I love about this character, she's a she's a mover and a shaker. She wants to get pregnant. <laughs> well, here's this idiot who's you know, stumbled <laughs> into the cabin, and uh, you know she'll go get the condom. She offers to go get it, and uh, he does his stupid little you know flashing of his penis, which I like that she's not impressed with, and he realizes this was like poor form. They just get down to business. I feel like she's, it's a little cruel because she's trying to misdirect from some hurt that she's done. I mean, definitely poking holes in condom and tricking this man into becoming a father. Uh, but I also think she's, she is ultimately doing some good for both characters. At least, you know, she thinks she doesn't, cause she's just more forward thinking as far as like, why should we hide anything? Like, you know, if you like this guy, I think the only thing that stops her is when, you know, she sleeps with him first and then she's like maybe some distance, but clearly things are going to come to the uh, forefront here. So you might as well just out everything. And I think it's fun. That's what people do. They go to cabins in the woods, they get slaughtered, they have sex, they get drunk, like extreme things have to happen, right? Sure. This just happens to be, this happens to be a very different horror movie. It's a very (laughs) awkward horror movie (laughs) where all these truths come out. Um, As far as, Jack, I think because it's played by Mark Duplass, I can buy that he's just sort of naive to right. he may have an inkling that's like, oh, we're, you know, we're, we're we like hanging out with each other. But I think it's like people like you, Dave, and I'm pointing my finger. This is the audio <laughs> podcast. But I'm it's... pointing my finger at Dave 
telling him that he's not good enough for her. He's just like, well, no, that that she clearly wouldn't right. be into me. Not like that. I'm misreading something here. You know, I'm just I'm just like the funny guy or something. But yeah, Amanda makes a good point. I mean, he does freak out when she rises the cabin and he's laying, you know, semi naked in bed with her sister. Maybe he's just polite. Maybe he just, you know, <laughs> I don't know how often you can show up to someone's cabin when they extend the invitation and then sleep with their family members and just be like, yep, that's how I roll. I think that's once me. you can do that once <laughs> max. <laughs> well, you're never invited back. I, you know, I agree with Jack here that I'm just going to play it safe. Even though I think that it, you know, won't negate a possible romantic uh, relationship with Emily Blunt. I don't want that encounter where I'm the guy that just goes to your family members' homes and is going to sleep with whoever's there. Maybe he's just being—he's just being a nice guest. She offered. Is he supposed to say no? Come on, she she offered and he said yes. It's, just, it's polite. <laughs> I know you're you're editing this episode, but yeah. You know, oh, I won't edit that off. out. No, that's fine. I'm okay <laughs> with coming off like that. No, I think this is the nice thing I'll say about Martin Plus. I think he's the perfect actor to play this role because. I don't think he does realize I don't think he does realize that she likes him. I think he has feelings for her <laughs> and I think that's why when she shows up he freaks out because he knows this is I mean I think this would upset any even friendship, right? Like if you're if you go off to this cabin and you happen to meet their family member end up falling into bed with them, that is at best awkward and at worst the end of your friendship. So well, I can understand where does that. The- the sexual orientation come into this too, as far as the, as far as the, <clears throat> the optics of it from the Emily Blunt's character's mm. perspective, he shows up, she's intoxicated, he's intoxicated. She's not normally into men. And I'm just going to say it before Dave does <laughs> definitely not Mark Duplass. Cause who would be into this <laughs> disgusting wretch according to Dave, <laughs> you know, I, I think that adds a certain dynamic to it that would, you know, also make her question exactly how this happened i could, i mean i could see it from he's probably not contemplating all these things as he wakes up and freaks out with his bedhead and then goes on his fake run uh, but i think well, it's it's there here's my question for you guys oh no Do you think from a straight male like perspective does he think that somehow he's like oh she really wants to sleep with a guy. Maybe she's going to sleep with guys now. Or I don't think so. I don't. Because the... I'm just like, dude, she's so, the whole sexual encounter, she's just like, uh-huh. All yes, right. exactly. Like, what he even says, Look. like, can we snuggle? And she's like, yeah, I guess. Like, <laughs> uh. I don't know about you, Dave, but I found that whole exchange uh, very erotic. Maybe I just like <laughs> Rosemary DeWitt. But I just, I, I like. You like I the like honesty? <laughs> yeah. I found it, you know, it worked for me. So maybe Duplass shares that where it's like, she's, a, she's a real cool cat. I like this character. <laughs> she's a straight shooter. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, my, um, my wife, she thinks my like thing for Rosemary DeWitt is very weird. Like Emily Blunt. She's like, okay, I get that. Makes total sense. Yeah. Totally. But Rosemary DeWitt, she's like, I don't know why you like this character. I don't know why you think she's awesome, but I do. <laughs> Don't say anything bad about her, Dave. She rules. I would never. <laughs> I have I have one target in this episode, and it's not Rosemary. Too All right, much. enough. <laughs> All right. So now we move to the grand gesture. So after this huge fight, Jack leaves, and the sisters slowly work out their differences, ending with Iris offering to help take care of Hannah's child. Have you thought about what you're going to do? You know, if there's a baby. Not really. I was just thinking 
that I wouldn't want you to feel alone, you know. And if you wanted any help, that that would be something I could do, you know, that I could help you raise the baby. Afterwards, Jack returns and admits his love for Iris, as well as offering to help care for this possible child. So is this enough of a grand gesture for us? And do you believe the relatively quick reconciliation between these three? Uh, so again, we'll start with our guests. You brought up, you know, your relationship with your, with your own sisters. Did you feel like this this kind of reconciliation came too quickly? Or was it was it, did it seem pretty natural? Well, when it comes to, like, the grand gesture of reconciliation between the sisters, it feels very nat- natural. It's not like a big grand gesture, like mm-hmm. making somebody potatoes and like having tea with them and like kind of silently being together in a room. But I feel like they definitely, the filmmakers in this, like they show passage of time. There's at least a couple days that goes by mm-hmm. because you know, Jack is sleeping in a tent in the forest, which I was like, where did the tent come from? But that's a different thing. So (laughs) (laughs) to me, like, it's a, it's a small gesture, but instead of a grand gesture between the sisters for reconciliation, but it makes sense. Like you have that, I think with any family member that you're close with, you can be so like upset with them and you're not exactly talking, but you still have that shared history and you do still love each other because at one point in the film early on, Rosemary DeWitt, like Hannah says, I love you, but I don't like you right now mm-hmm. because of putting like butter in her potatoes. <laughs> so I feel like it's, it's that, that familial thing of, I love you. I just don't like you at this moment. And I can't talk to you because you like, but we're going to be family no matter what. Right. So I think, that makes sense, and the I guess what you could call more of the grand gesture is Emily Blunt saying, "I'll I'll be there and help you raise right. your baby." Um, so I I think that makes sense. I mean, I'm an aunt to my you know brother's three kids, and at no point have I ever had to raise them or anything. <laughs> but like, you know, just being there in there in like that child's life is a big deal, and then. When it comes to the Merc Duplass coming in, like Jack, I was just happy that he finally admitted that he did love Iris. Like, everybody knew it. <laughs> like, you can, everybody knows it, except maybe Iris. <laughs> <laughs> even though I feel like she should, because even when he, like, goes off, he's, like, comforting her and, like, wiping her tears away and everything. There's a lot of face touching in this movie. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know for it being like a, an indie kind of rom com where it's got like almost like mumblecore, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like shades to it. Nothing super grand, but they're like they're small gestures. I think work. I I don't think the his speech really works for me. Um, but I don't know if it's supposed to, I I think when he comes back and gives a speech, just him showing up again, um, 
it doesn't seem like it matters what he's going to say. Like, it seems like it's on their faces. It's like just his presence where he's like sort of, you know, manned up to come back to say something. Um, I think that he was going to be fine. I mean, with certain parameters, you know, if he had started <laughs> jabbing his finger in their chest and like cussing them or something, maybe not. But <laughs> I think for the most part, if he was going to have any sort of like, you know, trying to reconnect or mend fences, mm-hmm. he didn't have to say much. That's fine. And that's not a knock against Duplass or his ability. I think I leave me, that the, to the me, grand, Mike. Don't. <laughs> I, that's I'm, I'm giving you your space. That's you right. Know, that's my. Um, I know that'll be the last half hour of the show. Probably it's yes. just you, and then Amanda and I will get up and get something to drink. And one we'll come more back. thing. That. Oh, he's still going. Um, for me, the grand gesture is him just leaving. Like he and he has a. a his sort of, I think the better speech uh, that man is talking about when he's wiping the tears from her face uh, and when she is, you know, visually so angry at her sister, not as much with him. Like she's upset because right. it may change the dynamic of the relationship, but she feels betrayed more by her sister uh, that he, you know, he gives a speech that, you know, that's that bond that they have. And it reflects back to probably what he's missing with his now deceased brother, uh, he would like he ch- he cherishes so much <clears throat> that he can step back and say, <clears throat> "I've got to leave here because I don't want to play a part in you all breaking up at all." So him just going out and roughing it in the tent, wherever that comes from, <laughs> which I, I find amusing, was like his jean shorts and everything. And uh, for me, that's the grand gesture: is he just gives mm. these two people enough space, uh, more so than him coming back. Yeah, actually, that's I th- a really good point. Yeah, I think actually. Sorry, I- Go, go ahead. No, there, there's always time for that, Amanda, before Dave <laughs> comes out. No one gets to agree with Mike. That's, that's not okay. I'll edit all that out. Um, I think actually that's my favorite choice that the movie makes is to have him leave and to have these two women work this out. But I think it would have been it would have been really easy and really dramatic to have these three characters in the same room for like the last 20 minutes of the movie working this out and getting into more fights and trying to figure it out. Whereas instead they just like, you know, he's not really going to serve any purpose here. He's not going to make things better. So we're just going to kind of remove him from the equation and let these two women, these two sisters work out their differences and figure out where they go from here. And I think, I think that's kind of the, I think that relationship between these two sisters, it's interesting when you, when I first started it, I thought, Oh, this is about Jack and her and Jack and her. And really it's all about these these sisters. And I think that relationship is the most powerful one in the movie. So the fact that, I mean, when Jack comes back, he, he essentially makes the same grand gesture as Iris does. And I like that Iris gets to do that first. Like she gets to say, Hey, you know, I know this is really difficult right now, but I'm going to be there for you. And I think, I think that sequence really works. And the only negative is I think it kind of undercuts what Jack is doing when he comes back. It's a little bit like, yeah, well, she already has some help. She's she's fine. But I do like that they just kind of remove him from the sequence until everything is kind of worked out. So his job is to come back and say, Iris, I love you. I care about you. I want to make this work. And everybody's happy. And all the other problems have already been solved by the time by the time he gets there. So isn't that the dream? Like if you're, yeah. if you're the, the guy come <laughs> that you can say almost argument. anything. <laughs> like you come in, everything's been handled. Hero. That's, that is the power of Rosemary DeWitt. That's what uh, I'm trying to explain to no, you. The power of Emily Blunt. I can't believe I'm I mean, the one she, taking Emily Blunt's side in this <laughs> in this discussion. She's a little, Who she's are just you? a little too passive. Uh. She's a little too passive for me in this one. Rosemary DeWitt. Well, she, she's know, definitely she, not passive. She's poking holes in condoms. She knows how to well, get what she, she wants. Well, she giveth and taketh away. You know, when it's... <laughs> 
She's great. All right. I'd like to see another movie of her uh, raising this child on her own. They could, you know, if there's a your sister's sister cinematic universe, I'm in. I would like to see more. <laughs> I'm sure you would. So we always kind of end these episodes with how we can apply this to our lives or examples from our lives that have that have happened that are similar. And the thing I kept thinking of is when we have really close friends or family and they make a mistake or they upset us, we tend to be more forgiving of them than maybe people we don't know as well. So I was wondering if you, either of you had situations in your life where someone really close to you has made a mistake or done something to wrong you in some way that for anyone else, it would be like, this is my line and we are not friends anymore. But for them, you made an exception. I'm tagging Amanda first. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm going to pick carefully my battles on what I'm going to out with my family members on this one. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I have a close yet slightly dysfunctional at times, but still close family. So I don't know. To me, the like I said, like having a fight where you're super pissed off with each other, but you know you're still gonna have to be together, like and get through this and. Uh, yeah, I don't want to give any specifics. <laughs> <laughs> so they might uh, listen. We can't have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause... That's not going to happen, Amanda. <laughs> well, the, my family members do listen to podcasts, so... That's horrifying. That's strange. I don't know how you do it, then. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I just have them on the podcast. Oh, uh, okay. The... Yeah. Because <laughs> my other podcast is with my family. So, uh... Yeah, I mean, there have been times, I mean, honestly, where we've been in a fight, and then come the next week, we all have to podcast together, so <laughs> there we go. Hmm. So that, that's a, uh, what you're saying is we need to sort of parse through your back catalog and find where it's like, I <laughs> yeah. can tell something was going <laughs> there, on. There's some tension in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Gritting teeth. It's... <laughs> when this is going to come back in the, the continuity so i'll wait you know a few episodes down before someone snaps finally um all right i'll talk a little shit about one of my younger brothers and since i've got three of them uh, could be that's any. fine right yeah <laughs> well <laughs> i think they'll figure it out <laughs> could be any or all of them basically really like they're all equally sort of deranged people but um um I think I probably have not had something like this, like this type of situation. Uh, you would have to go back to like high school days uh, where you're, I mean, clearly like family members, you're, you're sort of forced into close proximity as far as a living situation. But you then add like if you're close in age uh, going to school, you're going to share some of the same peers and also like the teenage years, those sort of awkward like dating encounters. And I had <laughs> one of my brothers, uh, which it, doubting him because he was the closest one to me in age um just had this uh, i wouldn't say a bad habit a clever habit <laughs> of <laughs> any like there was like a string of like like young ladies that i would be maybe somewhat interested in but i for whatever reason i just wouldn't like really pull the trigger or i just like keep it at a distance like that sort of thing and he would be like right on top of it as far as like he would be like oh mike has no interest i'm gonna start i like but i liked her like she was fun when she came around so i'm gonna start talking and it just came to a head i didn't get mad about it but because I, I thought it was 
you know, it was a good gig that he had where he was just <laughs> the younger brother just sort of coming in like, well, I've got a, have got an in here and talk about what an asshole that Mike guy is. I live with him. I know. Um, but it was one of the things where I, I was like, all right, I'm going to fuck with him like once. And so I, you know, did the opposite and he like lost. I mean, he, he got so upset as like he didn't he's not someone that will like really like blow up at you he's not direct like rosemary dewitt but i felt like that night he went into his room put on like a radiohead album and like wrote <laughs> god knows how many lyrics on his like little cheap guitar about me <laughs> person and then the next day i was like well okay i mean you know, i'm just gonna admit that i'm just fucking with you like i was just you know i'm doing something it's not even that clever of a joke because it should have been obvious to you given your track record what's happening here and the the worst sin I can say about him is he didn't find it amusing. He didn't even appreciate <laughs> the art of it of right. me, you know, <laughs> full circle. And he didn't. Man. And if I br- if I brought it up now, he'd be like, "That never happened. What are you talking about? I never did that." <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure there's a you know a burn CD somewhere of his his terrible music. <laughs> Poetry dedicated to Mike. That's, that's always good. <laughs> if I could find it, if he was if he was a like, good enough younger sibling he would give it to me i would then send it to you dave and oh, we would play it it'd be amazing yes exactly yeah i think i think most of most of anything that would come up for me is is usually family because you know i think like amanda like you said there are times when you are in knockdown drag out fights with your family like legitimately yelling and screaming and stomping your feet and turning red in the face but you know deep down like well that's my sister. That's my mom. That's my dad. Like, there's no, there's no escaping this. There's no, we're not going to stop talking to each other. So it's interesting because I think sometimes when you get that angry, there's, there's a small amount of freedom in that where you're just like, I can say almost anything. Like, sure, there are some things that are no, there's no coming back from, but you can say almost anything to those people who are that close to you. And you know, eventually the two of you are going to come back around and you're going to figure something out and things are going to be okay. And I've definitely had fights like that, uh, especially with my dad. And I think because we're both, we're very similar in our personalities. So we tend to clash a lot. Um, like for instance, when I was in high school, like we legitimately got into a shoving match because I was so upset about something that was unnecessary. Uh, and then kind of realized very quickly how stupid that was. Cause he, you know, outweighs me by about a hundred pounds and, you know, has about six inches of height on me. And I was like, you know, think, Dave, this is think. where, this is where <laughs> I should turn it down a little bit. But to his credit, like he's, he never brings it up. He never holds it against me. It's just like, that was a rough period we went through in our relationship and we've moved on from it. And now everything's okay. And I think that's the, the beauty of those really close relationships is that you can, yeah. you can make mistakes. You can do things that with, with other friends of yours, there's no coming back from. But with this, it's like, well, we're family. We're going to move on from it and everything's going to be okay. I just realized, you, well, you just made me look like an asshole yet again, because you said in your story, you and your dad never, you know, you don't bring it up. Whereas I'm the guy that's like, hey, younger brother, you remember what I did to you? Didn't you think that was funny? Why didn't you think that was funny? <laughs> look, Mike, you make yourself out to be an asshole. That's on you. I, I let you it go wasn't first. A shoving match, you know. There's just some some bad, you know, teenage rock music being played. We should be able to laugh about I such think, things. Yeah, that's much worse. That's <clears throat> well. I guess it could be more painful. We'll see. Yes. All right. So before we end here, Amanda, why don't you let people know one more time uh, where they can contact you online and listen to your podcast? Yeah, um, Amanda's picture show a go go is. You know, on iTunes, Stitcher, all that to listen to any, you know, basically any podcatcher of your choice. And then 
Uh, for social media, I have Facebook and Instagram under the full name. On Twitter, it's at Amanda's Pig Show. And I do have a website where you can find everything, which is amandaagogo.com. Well, unlike our very professional guest, Amanda, we do not have a website. But if you want more of us, be sure to subscribe to the show and follow us on all forms of social media. Just look up Grand Gesture Pod. And the next time you hear us, we will be doing an episode on kind of an underrated, forgotten comedy classic in Jim Carrey's The Cable Guy. So be sure to stay tuned for that.